I'm Betsy Reed, and this is The Discomfort Practice, where I talk to creatives, activists, leaders, scientists, and a host of others about discomfort, about the role it's played in their lives, who they are and what they do in the world, and the value of discomfort in helping us move forward as a society. Discomfort is just the edge of your comfort zone, and on the other side are superpowers. So settle yourself in, and let's get uncomfortable. Welcome to my first solo episode of season three. If you've listened to the podcast for the first two seasons, you know that the solo episodes are my personal discomfort practice. I've spent much of my life and my entire career being very public, being a spokesperson, being a leader, being on stage, but that was always on behalf of a cause or someone else or an organization. So sitting and talking about my thoughts and putting it onto the internet to audiences who I don't necessarily know feels really scary because of cancel culture, because I've seen people get offended over things that are their responsibility to <laughs> challenge their own triggers, to, to see why they're being triggered and where they're being triggered. And instead, they turn it on the person on the internet they'll never meet and accuse them of yeah, basically being bad people. So this is scary for me. But I'm also about to talk about biases, implicit biases, and my own, and the process of discovering them and the discomfort of that, but then also the discomfort practice of addressing them, of growing through them, of becoming someone who's better able to be an active ally to certain groups. So I'm also wanting to talk about within this the concept, the Buddhist concept of begin again. So I'm also a meditation teacher and I love, well, there are some great teachers out there, but I really love Jack Kornfield. A lot of you probably know him if you have a practice. He's a leading American meditation teacher and one of, one of the key teachers in the West. He trained in Thailand and East Asia and has been teaching meditation since the 70s. And he is a wise man. He's written many books. He runs a meditation center with Tara Brock, who's another big name, incredible teacher. And these people can all be found on online or apps like Insight Timer. But he says no matter how difficult the past, you can always begin again. And so I sit with that in my meditation practice. And to be honest, before this episode, I sat and meditated just to see what needed to come out, to ask what needed to come through me. And that's also uncomfortable because I generally sit down to do a solo episode with a few speaking points prepared, but this time I am just thinking out loud, shooting the shit with myself, if you will. So I want to talk about beginning again in the context of discovering your implicit biases. So if you don't know what an implicit bias is, we all have them, okay? So just accept that as a fact because they are unconscious associations or beliefs or attitudes that we have toward any social group. And of course, all of those things then lead to actions because attitudes, associations, those don't just sit inside us. They come out. It's like boiling water. There's always steam. There's always something that happens as a result. So it might be that you think you have a certain just unconscious reaction to someone of a certain skin color or a certain gender or someone with a certain sexual orientation or gender identity. So in the past, this, well, not even in the past, I wish, this has been sort of the idea that women are less capable of certain tasks than men, or certain racial groups are more inclined or more prone to <laughs> commit crimes. 
So it works its way into our systems in really insidious ways that actually lead to oppression and othering and seeing people not as humans, but as threats or inferiors or people to be feared. And that's obviously not going to lead to greater connection. It's not going to help us live lives of ease or lack of fear or mutual prosperity. So we all have them. And that is something that I just I want to put out there. And I'm going to tell you about my own journey to discovering and addressing some of my implicit biases. So again, if you've been listening to this podcast much, if you've heard many of my solo episodes, you'll have heard me talk about how last spring during the Barcelona lockdown, because I had no work and was just really in an uncomfortable place of having so much quiet, so much time after a fairly manic career, I ended up working with a flow state collective called KaiFlow. If you want to look them up, they're incredible. But in order to become part of this program, this collective, I was asked to take some implicit bias tests. So Harvard does implicit bias tests, and they've had these up for years, decades even, maybe. I'll put the link in the show notes. But you can go and take tests to just see where your implicit biases lie toward particular groups. And I was, well, I'd been prepared. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't pleased to discover that I had a couple of implicit biases I hadn't seen coming. But because I've had a practice of looking at my shadow stuff, my dark side, my own personal dark side, and of practicing compassion toward myself. I'm really pleased that my reaction was you know, a little bit horrified, but then to think, all right, what can I do about this? So I discovered I had a little bit of a bias toward a particular racial group. I'm actually admitting this. I would rather not admit this, but I'm doing this because I want you to feel encouraged to actually really go and find out for yourself what your biases are. And then this one might make you chuckle, might make you judge me, don't know, don't care. I had a little bit of a bias against straight people. And <laughs> that made me chuckle because I saw kind of clearly where that probably came from. And this is something that I'm admitting on here for the first time, I'm not admitting, I am saying for the first time here, which is that in my sort of mid to late 20s, I realized I am bisexual, that gender has no bearing on who I'm attracted to. And that was really, I didn't know what to do with that at the time because I was in a relationship with a man at the time and he was like, okay, too bad. So I think then when I, I got a chance to act on that, I kind of did what a lot of new converts do and you just get so enthusiastically signed up to your new identity that you then, you know, you're the one who kind of, mm, what I did, discovers a little bit of a bias against straight people. <laughs> So I'm saying all of these things to just point out that we do all have these biases and that concept of begin again is incredibly relevant here because it's not fate. You're not stuck with your biases. So just to understand where biases come from, most of them, if not all of them, are socially conditioned, right? They come from our family, our society, our religious background, whatever. Maybe our lack of contact with people of a certain group. So everything we've learned about them is kind of fictitious or it's, you know, hearsay. We've been told that certain racial groups are scary or it's all we've seen represented in the media or on television or whatever, you know, just this long-standing belief that black men are dangerous and that makes it into things like systems of policing which are well inherently 
racist in places like the United States and other places, but also in, you know, what we think about women and why they're then paid unequally in the workplace, still in 2021. So my point is we all have implicit biases. It's not necessarily a flaw. It's what then happens as a result. But talking about systems like that hopefully paints the picture that these are important to address because if left unaddressed, they then make their way into our lives and the systems we set up to support us. And then we end up in these systems of oppression that oppress people based on their gender or their race or their gender identity or their sexual identity, right? So far, so clear, hopefully. Then obviously the conclusion is, well, that's not okay. So it is our personal responsibility to then understand our biases so that we can then educate ourselves. But I want to issue a challenge there. You have to go beyond educating yourself. I might swear a little bit because this is something I'm quite passionate about. Because I see a lot of people, and particularly, you know, thinking about Black Lives Matter over the past couple of years, it's really become mainstream. And I've seen a lot of white people suddenly realize they're white for the first time, which is good. Uh, but then they educate themselves a little bit or they sign up to a little bit of action and then that's it. And that's no fucking good to anyone. In fact, that's incredibly self-indulgent because if you aren't doing something to dismantle systemic oppression of anyone, whether that is black people, people of color, whether that's women, whether that's children, whether that's people in the global south who we oppress through our systems of consumption because they are not paid fairly and most of us don't even think about where the things we ate, where the things we wear come from, and why if you shop at a place where clothing is cheap, that means somebody else is living in poverty so you can buy a t-shirt for five euros. Just think of it that way. So if you educate yourself, if you become conscious, I would say you are even more guilty because you know better. And there's this, I grew up religious, I grew up Christian, and so there's this verse from the Bible that has steered my life since I was actually quite a small kid. I was very devout and it has really shaped me and it's to whom much has been given, much will be required. So I want to bring all this together. If you're listening to this, you're probably in a position of relative privilege or immense privilege, as I am, as a white, educated Western woman with some useful nationalities. I have biases. You probably do too. But then also, there's the opportunity to begin again, but also the weight of responsibility. To whom much has been given, much will be required. So something that's frustrated me as a yoga teacher for the past six and a half years, but also a yogi for 20 years now, is that a lot of us show up to yoga studios or practices like that, mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, etc., to kind of heal ourselves, which is great. But then often I just see it stopping there. And then it becomes this, yet again, privilege to work on your own stuff and then walk out of a yoga studio without making any association with the outside world about all of this work that we do on ourselves. You know, we show up in a yoga studio, we do our work, we meditate, we, you know, heal our trauma, we look at our shadow side, but then we don't question who made the clothes we're wearing in a yoga studio. We don't question why we look around and there are only white people there, because it is a very privileged place to be. We don't question that we are chanting mantras and we have decorations that are gods from ancient cultures that developed these things. And we don't question the fact that we are just kind of blithely using these traditions without knowing the roots of them, without honoring where they come from, and without asking, are they benefiting from the immense amount of money, for example, that the yoga industry makes? So my point is this. It's one thing to know. It's another thing to do something. 
And it's great to know, but if you understand your biases, if you understand the ways in which the systems in the world are oppressing other people, and you're not doing something about it, you're not supporting people or being one of those people who is out actively challenging the systems, actively trying to innovate new solutions, actively calling for change, then you're just a well-educated part of the system. Mm. Mic drop moment. I just want to let that hang there, actually. So there are things you can do. I also don't want to leave it hanging there. So now it's over to you to figure out what to do. A, find out what your implicit biases are. As I said, I'm going to share the link to the Harvard implicit bias tests in the show note. B, remember, you can always begin again. So now is an opportunity to begin again and practice discomfort because understanding your biases is uncomfortable. Beginning again is uncomfortable, but practicing it can be a joy. It's just like practicing for a sport you want to be good at. It takes practice, so keep leaning into the discomfort. Don't back away from it. Notice when you just want to go back to your comfort zone, when you just want to go back to your very nice privileged life where systems of oppression actually probably benefit you. If you are not conscious of them, you are definitely benefiting from them, by the way. So get conscious, but then do something. Because it's one thing to be conscious, it's another thing to do something. So don't get stuck in just being conscious. That is a position of privilege, and it is not enough. So then figure out what you can do. You can support activists. You need to be an active ally. If you're not being active, you're not truly an ally. You're just kind of aware and still part of the problem. So follow some accounts on Instagram, social media, wherever you like to get your information. Follow some accounts of people who can educate you about the things that you're biased on. And then how can you support them? How can you do something? How can you start conversations because I was actually talking to a friend the other day, Ed Gillespie. He was on season two. He's a wonderful human being and very wise. And he is, well, I'd say one of those beautifully leading voices, very inspiring about our ability to do better. And he was saying the other day, yeah, if every meeting you're having as a consultant isn't uncomfortable for the client, then you're not really doing your job. You're part of the problem, right? We're trying to change the world. We're trying to make systems better. So if you're meeting with the people who run the systems, we were talking about some big, big companies that we both worked with that you would know. If you're not making them uncomfortable, are we doing anything? No, actually, no. They need to be uncomfortable. They need to be challenged about the systems that they create, about the products that they sell, about their approaches, because it's really easy to get overwhelmed when you realize how big these issues are. And I totally understand. I'm coming from a place of, you know, I'm human too. I'm empathetic here because I've talked about this stuff. I've pushed for this stuff all of my working life, and I've been involved in social justice, equality issues most of my life even. But during the pandemic, as things started to break down, as things, as it became apparent that the way that we've lived just really doesn't work anymore. That was when I first really, truly grasped, oh, wow, I'm actually enmeshed in these systems. These systems make up my life. And as they break down, it causes immense discomfort and anxiety. And the change that's required is going to be uncomfortable. And I'm part of these systems. So as they break down, part of me is going to have to change and break down. So what am I going to do about it? And I, I, I won't lie and say leaning into discomfort and practicing discomfort all the time is my choice or my preference. So always take breaks when you need to, but come back to the discomfort. If you take too long a break for, you know, several years or the rest of your life, that's not a break. That's you being complicit in systems that aren't working. And I'm just going to call them what they are. Systems of oppression, systems of destruction, because that's what is happening to our environment and our society. 
and to other human beings in the world. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it hanging. I'm going to leave it uncomfortable. Find out your biases. Don't just stop with the knowledge. What are you going to do about your biases? And then what are you going to do about the systems that oppress people you might be biased against or people who have less privilege than you? And then remember, you can always begin again. Samuel Beckett said something like, you know, fail again. Just failing again. Be willing to fail. It's okay to fail. Keep failing. Keep trying. And then keep failing and keep trying because it's the only way forward. We can't go back. We can't stay where we are. And if you do are staying where you are, you're just plugging your ears and closing your eyes until the discomfort comes to you because it will. So thank you for listening. Thank you for taking on anything at all from this. My intention here is to challenge you, to make you uncomfortable, but to also welcome you in. Come get uncomfortable with me. Come get uncomfortable with a lot of people who are determined to do better. And we're all flawed human beings. We all have biases. We all have things we trip over in ourselves. But all we can do is be ourselves and try to get it better every day, every moment. So just take a breath and begin again. I'd love to hear your thoughts on social media or you can email me. Even if you radically disagree with me, I really want to hear from you because that is the chance for both of us to do better because I'm working on doing better every day as I practice discomfort with joy because I know it makes me better at what I want to do, which is make the world a better place for all being. Thank you for listening. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts and head over to the Discomfort Practice Patreon page. For the cost of a cup of coffee once a month, you can become a contributor and help us to produce this podcast and reach new people with the idea that discomfort is just the edge of change, the edge of our superpowers, and the edge of changing the world for the better. Thanks to my wonderful team who helped me produce this podcast, to Thomas Sheffer for the original music, Katrina Affleck for the original artwork, and to my co-producer Spencer Rausch. Let's all stay uncomfortable.